Hey guys, it's Ethan. So you're listening to part one of our big interview and discussion with Young Chomsky, the producer of the True Non podcast, a guy very involved in the left, which I guess is a term um, that, I, that I'm coining, I guess, and a fellow menswear enthusiast. And we, we talk about a lot of things like politics, aesthetics, the left, um, and the right, and obviously our own menswear journeys. And since the discussion was long, and we know based on analytics that you guys tend to leave after an hour, we've split the episode in two for a better listening experience. So enjoy this first part of the discussion and get ready for the second part coming out in two weeks. Let's get into it. guys, welcome to Style Direction, a menswear podcast without the stuffiness. I am one of your hosts, Ethan M. Wong. I'm the other host, Spencer Adi. <clears throat> are we doing weird intonations now? We are. I think I've said it that exact Our way button. in a previous episode, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's like one of those things there's only There's only so I... many ways to say my name. Who, whose song is that? Is that Beyonce? Say my know, name, say my name. Yes. Um, I yes. think it's Destiny's Child. Is it? Be- I don't know. I don't know. Destiny's I'm not Child. A, it is. Oh yes, our our guest is telling us, and he you know, he'll get on in a second. But he's telling <laughs> us that yes, it is Destiny's Child. Um, well, how, how are you doing today, Spencer? It is fucking hot, I and mean, we we take this every I think every episode because it is indeed very hot in California. At least I mean, people will know when it's summer in California because we're just gonna we're 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 just gonna be talking about the weather a lot. Um, yeah. That's that's I mean that's what we that that SNL Californian sketch we like to talk about the weather and we like to talk about directions the here in Southern California. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Ethan, I got I got the uh, AC blasting right now because. Uh, well, see, yours I'm, is a little sneak behind a little yeah. behind the curtain here. Spencer is wearing like a gaming headset where his mic is really close to his mouth, you know. <laughs> but I have a a Yeti blue. We're not we're not sponsored by Yeti, um, but. You know, I've tried having my air conditioning on at the same time, and I can definitely hear, like, a small buzz in the back. So I have to sit for, like, an hour or two sweating my fucking balls off uh, while making this episode. So if you haven't, consider coming to us on our Patreon and subscribing. <laughs> Wait, what is that going to do? Are they going to uh, help you, you move feel, to a it, colder environment? <laughs> hey, hey, if this podcast blows up, you know, hey, hey. Jeremy Kirkland can live independently on his blammo stuff. So if, if we can, but that's that, least... this is your problem is that your AC gets picked up by your mic. That's not something that money could solve. You don't you don't know that. You build an isolation you... booth. Okay. There we go. Right right there. At least there. Or or get one of those like those like silent ACs or whatever. Like right. Isn't there like that little like infinity or like, so we I got know, so fan, we got to set fanless? up we got to set up a Patreon goal, but it's not going to be something fun like oh we're gonna make like a a little movie or something. It's gonna be like buy Ethan like a better <laughs> AC unit. That's gonna be our Patreon goal. Oh, one hundred percent. If you guys you know, shout out to our patrons, uh, patron, pa- Patreon patrons. But that's where your money's actually going to. I'm really sorry, guys. Peak, <laughs> we we told little... we told producer Matt that we would help him get a get a mic or a camera. You know that that was all a lie. And I know Matt's going to be listening to this. I want him to know. And he's not going to get on mic. He can't. He's he's power. He's powerless. Him he's and MJ powerless. are powerless. Without you know tell you know they're sitting behind the desk in the corner right here in front of me. Mm-hmm. And they we are, each get we each get they, one of them. We each get one of the producers. To basically in the room our, with us to be our servants yeah. <laughs> that's the rule <laughs> well speaking of of servants what actually i don't know what this transition is <laughs> i was gonna say our guest knows what it's like to be a producer but before we before we get into our guest you know i just want to say that it's been about three years since we started the podcast and when we first conceived of it when we first incepted it um <laughs> or and i guess it wasn't we, incepted, so we were on an airplane to australia Yes. In first class. Because, yeah. And I bought the airline. 
<laughs> if you guys haven't seen Inception, you guys should. It's a really fun, fun movie. If you a seen quick, it a quick little recommendation for this this yeah. uh, obscure, a really popular movie. movie. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> um, but you know, if you guys are like really old listeners, not old in terms of age, but in terms of how old the podcast is, you guys know Which that we three. have had guests. Yes, three. We've had um, guests on for at least the first like ten or eleven episodes, and then it kind of got hard. Um, you know, not sexually, but just <laughs> in terms of just in terms of how difficult it was to, you know, because especially when I live in California or in SoCal, especially when I also live like 50 miles apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're recording all of this virtually and it's just really hard to get, you know, other men's guys, you know, on our same schedule. Um, some of them don't have mics. Some of them you know, maybe aren't as tech savvy or just aren't familiar with recording podcasts and stuff like that. So we kind of took a break from from having guests. But this time, our guest has all the equipment and experience <laughs> necessary, and especially the menswear history, knowledge, and style to be a part of this podcast. So if you don't have those things, you're not going to be on the podcast. But this guy's got it all. And I'll, well, I guess we can give it up for for Young Chomsky. That's right. Welcome. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of producers, I actually uh, originated the role of Max Bialystok in the producers <laughs> on Broadway. Uh, no kidding. No, little theatrical joke for you, <laughs> folks. But uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like Nathan so what, Lane over here. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, so why don't, you know, for those of you who aren't super familiar with, you know, your Twitter account, and what you do with with True Nod? Why don't you get into Why don't you get into that for us? Yeah, well, so that's probably the most visible thing that I am doing right now is I produce a podcast called True Anon, um, mm-hmm. which yeah. is we are about to be um, one year old as a podcast. Hey, um, a bouncing uh, baby podcast. Yeah, there you and go. It has been a wild ride, let me tell you. Uh, yeah. So. To give a brief introduction, I guess, of the podcast, we started out, uh, so I'm, I'm the producer, I edit it, I record it, I make the music for it, uh, which has been a, a big part and a lot of fun, and then we have two hosts on the mics, uh, Liz and Brace, uh, but we started out focusing on the Jeffrey Epstein story, who mm-hmm. uh, right. probably a lot of folks are familiar with, at least on some level, but he was a uh, convicted child sex trafficker who had a lot of connections to extremely powerful and wealthy people um, throughout the world. And he was arrested last summer, uh, and we started our podcast shortly after he was arrested to kind of explore some of those connections and talk about the story. Then a few weeks after we started the podcast, he... uh, died in jail and the official story is that he committed suicide but there are of course a lot of <laughs> questions around the circumstances of his death uh, so then since then um, we've kind of used the those connections and different aspects of of the Epstein story to probe deeper right. into the way that the that our society functions essentially um and i think the epstein story made a really good case study for that and you can kind of see that i i saw a tweet recently where somebody was talking about the way democrats are trying to post pictures of jeffrey epstein and Mm -hmm. his right hand madam ghislaine maxwell who just got arrested post pictures of them with donald trump as some kind of dunk on Republicans. And then you have Republicans trying to post pictures of them with the Clintons as a dunk on (laughs) Democrats. And our point is really that all of these people are in the same club, which is called the ruling class, which is called the bourgeoisie, which is called the the wealthy, the billionaire uh, class. Mm -hmm. And all these people demonstrate solidarity with each other because they all have actually the same interests even though some of them are quote-unquote you know democrats some of them are republicans but by the nature of their wealth and power they're all basically on the same team and that is not our team and by us i'm referring to you know regular people who go to work every day and just try to make a living so uh that is the us versus them there is you know the the working class people who try to work for a living, regular people, and then the the super rich who kind of um, 
pull the strings, so to speak. And, and it sounds like, you know, we kind of talk about conspiracy theories, but um, that is this sort of disparaging term, right? But we're trying to show that some things that sound like they're very far out conspiracy theories, in fact, are very much real. And we explore some of the history around things like that. So, yeah, that's that's maybe the the best overview I can give of it. And we've gone into a lot of different directions. We just, after almost exactly a year after Epstein's arrest, Ghislaine Maxwell just got arrested. So that was a big kind of resurgence of this story into mm. the news. But we've talked about a lot of different uh, things that kind of play into this whole analysis and worldview. And it's been really cool to find an audience for, for this subject matter. Yeah. And so, and I mean, so you have been... Um, posting in like our Facebook group for a while. You followed us like on Instagram for a while. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> of course. And I've <laughs> been learning a lot. But I mean, some, something that uh, I, I didn't discover until after I started listening to the show is that you are also a menswear guy. Yes. Um, so for those of you who heard that introduction and thought, what the heck am I listening to style and direction or coast to coast? am uh <laughs> yeah so the answer is uh we are going to be talking about clothes but we're also going to be talking about other things too yeah we're going to be talking about so politics, shut up idiot why, you know it's a very it's a very interesting time here you know quarantine and all, all this kind of stuff and and if you aren't really familiar with Spencer and I's uh, politics, we were very unabashedly left. And in fact, in our Discord channel, which, uh, you know, uh, big props to the Patreon guys. But, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, politics and menswear for quite a bit. And we thought, what a what a better guest to have than Young Chomsky, who kind of fits both of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, he's on the left and he's a very stylish guy. So can you tell us a little bit about how you started to kind of dressing this way? Because we know that you have like kind of like a tech background, you know, so how do you, how did that work out for you? How do you start going from, you know, what I'm assuming is a tech kind of guy thing to wear hoodies and whatnot. I'm not saying that you did that, yeah. <laughs> but going into like, you know, now wearing Drake's, you know, you just got a, a made to measure jacket. How did that all happen for, for you? Sure. Well, so first of all, I want to give props to Spencer for, um, uh, talking abusively to your audience. I think that's always a good move. People. Absolutely. Um, they should, they should know where yeah. they stand. Yeah. No people. Hey, hey, sad guys. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I think generally what people want out of a podcast is to be domed. So, um, yeah. I think that's really smart. But uh, and I that'll, mean, be, that'll be the next Patreon tier, like personal personalized abuse. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, one of the fun things about this uh, building this audience for the podcast, or I've right. had a lot of fun with it, is being able to um, bring different aspects of my interests to the foreground. So, like I mentioned, I make the music for the podcast, mm -hmm. and I also have built this, uh, you know, increased my audience on Twitter a lot compared to, I mean, like tenfold compared to before the podcast started. And so I started posting my my fits on Twitter, mm -hmm. uh, which is, Hell yeah. yeah, which has been a lot of fun and not typically what you see on Twitter, obviously, oh, I yeah. think the I mean, especially and especially not in the circles that you run in on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. And I think we'll, yeah. we'll dive more into that later. But, um, yeah. you know, Instagram is more the where fashion influencing takes place and where the men's world menswear world lives men's world yeah the men's world um <laughs> the, the guy the guy place yeah free name <laughs> if somebody wants to start that uh <laughs> podcast but uh yeah so i mean to to take it back and talk about my journey a little bit it's definitely yeah. something that i kind of came to pretty new over the past five years i guess mm -hmm. uh and it's been it's been fun so i i essentially grew up and went through adolescence and early adulthood with no sense of style uh and i think that's not super uncommon for yeah. a i mean and i mean both I mean, yeah both yeah. ethan and i like you know for years to dress dress like shit yeah uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think for uh, for men and uh, particularly American men, you know, we're not like socialized. That doesn't come by default, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't come naturally. Right. Um, in, in many ways, we're kind of pushed away from caring about that sort of stuff. But I even taking that into consideration, I was maybe a particularly egregious 
case or you know i mean i was i was a i was a typical kind of nerd i was into video games and computer stuff and i wore you know i'm talking about high school um and even into college i just wore t-shirts and whatever was clean you know i just did Mm. not care and i think i had this kind of mindset that caring about how i looked was uh there was like a negative association with it it was superficial and it was like that's something that i kind of frowned on um Mm, right and then at some point after college um so i grew up really skinny and very kind of yeah i mean well for me it was a source of uh insecurity you know and Mm. i felt also it wasn't something i felt good about or proud of i mean i have this memory of uh, I picked up the guitar in high school, and what I think of as the first, and then got chicks. Um, one day later, but um, <laughs> what I, so what I think of as like the first concert that I that I played, it was like this right. town, you know, in my suburb where I grew up, this like community mm-hmm. thing. But it felt like a big deal. We played cover songs of like Weezer and No Doubt and Nirvana. But um, I remember we practiced a lot and we had a a whole band and it was electric guitar and I'd been practicing really hard. And then for the last song, I was like, I'm going to do a rock star move. I'm going to take off my shirt because it was summertime. I'm going to take off my shirt and like (laughs) jump up and down in time to the music. And I did. And I remember people laughing at me and making fun of me because I was was so skinny. And that's the kind of thing that when you're like 16, that really stays with you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn, I guess I should never do that again or i don't know how it felt because you know and people feel like they're that's not uh, a mean thing to do maybe as much as like if they were making fun of you for being fat or something and it's probably not it's easier in the world to be too skinny than it is to be too fat right of but still uh the the point of the anecdote is i did not feel confident in my physicality um mm-hmm. then at some point after college i got really into working out and lifting weights mm. and over a period of years i discovered that i was able to change my physique but still it didn't i didn't connect that with clothes because then i had this idea i was like okay well i'm in really good shape and my body looks good so therefore it doesn't matter what i wear i can look good wearing anything which there's some truth to that like i looked better wearing just like a graphic tee when i was muscular than when i was not but i look even better still when i have a good outfit on that I put thought into yeah um so yeah then at some point uh I think the thing that really kind of put me over the edge was I moved um from Philly to San Francisco I've been living in Philadelphia for a long Mm -hmm. time and I'd been in a really long-term relationship in Philly and then that came to an end and so this is probably uh, a pretty common story right where you come out of a long relationship and you're able then to reevaluate a lot of things and feel like you're starting fresh and combined with moving across the country right it's a real fresh start mm-hmm. and I moved to San Francisco to uh, I was pretty new to the tech industry but this was my second tech job I had my first job in Philly um, you know I had moved there from other Philadelphia yeah from other things that I <laughs> That I was doing. And, um, you know, tech in San Francisco has its a very particular culture. Like if, you, right. if you've watched the show Silicon Valley, um, which I've watched a few episodes of and then it felt pretty close to home and I didn't keep watching it. But I would say it's not too far from reality in a lot of ways. And one of the things that really resonated with me was uh, the kind of infantilizing nature of that culture where you're getting paid a lot of money, you know, relatively speaking, way more than I'd ever made before. And you have all these perks, like you're getting free snacks in the office and everything's very fancy. But uh, my sense was when you look at the people there, everybody kind of behaves in some ways and dresses still like teenagers or adolescents, you know, same as they would have in high school or college, which included me. Uh, and seeing that reflected back in my colleagues made me even like more self-conscious about looking that way myself. And it started to feel kind of wrong. I was like, I am at this point 30 years old. I'm getting paid a like grown man's salary and I have like a grown man's job, you know, where we're ostensibly making, building software that is doing important things in the world. So, so Mm -hmm. we tell ourselves, 
Uh, and, <laughs> you know, to the, the, the utmost extent of this is when you have people who will literally clothe themselves almost entirely in the free uh, clothing they get from their company or from other companies with just like the logo on it of that company. Yeah. Like you work for Facebook and you go to work wearing, and I, I've never worked for Facebook, but like wearing the Facebook shirt. Full disclosure. Yeah, I'm just right. an example. But like, and then walking around, now you're like a walking billboard. I mean, that's a whole other discussion hmm. of wearing things with logos on it. But to me, that is absurd. Uh, you're not paying me to advertise for your company. I Like if you, if I work for you and you want to pay me to, advertise like we're gonna have to talk that's another negotiation you can give me another 20k a year for that right um and i also just think it looks bad i think tech logos are look dumb and it's just i don't know i think it's silly and i make enough money to buy my own clothes so it's i i find it um kind of bad so that really seeing that all around me made me want to go another way and that's when i started getting more interested in in clothing but um yeah so to come back to the where i started this i came into this with such a lack of knowledge and such a lack of a sense of aesthetics or taste that i used to get anxious when i would go have any situation where i had to go uh, into a like shopping, yeah, shopping or, or anything mall or whatever. yeah or or somebody asked me for an opinion on something because i just didn't know i didn't know what i liked i didn't know what looked good on me uh, I didn't know like what things were called that I yeah. was looking at. So if I walked yeah. past or into a clothes store and somebody came up and was like, what are you looking for? Can I help you? I would like start sweating because it's like, I don't know. I just want to get, and I would get the first thing I saw and then I would want to leave. And then I'd come home and it like wouldn't fit me right. But it's like, oh, that's, that's fine. Um, oh no, poor baby. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I've come a long way. Um but yeah. my solution or my approach to it was yeah. similar to the th- approach that I have taken to other things. It's like, all right, well, I want to cure myself of that by just diving deep and like reading and and really taking this kind of influent, uh, excuse me, intellectual, nerdy kind of uh, approach to it, where mm-hmm. I want to arm myself with knowledge, so to speak. So, of course, my first stop was Reddit. Uh, at the time, and I discovered that, that is that is the the that's where all the knowledge is stored. That is the all repository of is on Reddit. That yeah, is yeah. it's it's the Library of Babel that uh, Borges mm-hmm. wrote about, where all the yeah. human knowledge uh, is stored. So yeah, mm-hmm. I went to Male Fashion Advice, and I think for all the uh, all its flaws and foibles and whatever we can say about it it is good for this kind of thing and i was like okay i i read the sidebar and the faq and i had all these tabs open and i was like okay oxford cloth button down all right and started figuring those things out and like all right uniqlo let me see what that is all about um and yeah that's kind of where i started and it then i it was kind of exposure therapy for me. And then next time I went into a store, I was a little bit less anxious because I knew I could be like, uh, one Oxford cloth button down, uh, my good sir. And, and then the store clerk was like, damn, this guy knows his stuff. <laughs> They're like, I can, you're so surprised. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I can tell that this man is a man of taste <laughs> and refinement. And so the, the funny thing though, is like whenever, like when I used to work retail or whatever, I could always tell when someone was coming from MFA mm. just because of like the way they would say things. I think we also mm-hmm. said that before in the J crew episode, right? Spencer. Where we're yeah. Like, it's like, I could tell, walks in. I could also tell who was there from frugal mail fashion advice <laughs> because they would always ask for specific items that were on markdown, like by the name on the website. They wouldn't say it's like, Hey, do you have Can like, you give me the SKU number, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, damn. Okay. <laughs> But um, no, I think I, I agree. I mean, I, I associate very strongly with the, uh, you know, the nerdy approach to menswear, yeah. you know, learning as much as you can. Like, I never thought about this until you said it. But, um, you know, one of my main complaints about like the Gentleman's Gazette and why I started my own blog was that he never really had a lot of pictures of what he was talking about. It always be like one illustration. I think maybe he's changed that since then since he started doing video and whatever. Also, one reason why I put uh, like a shit ton of pictures in well, my blog post. I mean, like, the other, I the other issue, everything. the other other issue is when your website is monetized, like the Gentleman's Gazette. Uh, you oh, have you to, have to own you have all to the worry. content. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So that's yeah. This is why you never um, monetize your blog. <laughs> exactly, but in terms of like the nerdy thing, like I remember 
looking back now, when I was trying to find all the different Stormtrooper armor <laughs> on the, on Wikipedia, I would hate it if, like, they would, like, mention, oh, this is, like, the Dark Trooper armor, but they would have, like, one really bad picture of it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be an illustration or concept art somewhere. So I, I kind of get, like, okay, I got to learn everything and learn all the pieces. Like, okay, that one takes from this. You know, Dengar is wearing <laughs> Sand Trooper and Snow Trooper armor. Like, you guys, you guys know that? But, no, it's, uh... <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm thinking, like, we should do, like, a nerd episode on, like, Sound Direction. See how many people were, like, fucking just dweebs. Which, actually, according to our... (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, according to our Discord and our, like, Facebook group chat with our friends, everyone at least is, like, very familiar with, like, Star Wars and and has kind of this nerdy culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, that's just kind of how my mind works, and it's funny. Right. I mean, I took the same approach to getting into weightlifting. Um, Yeah. I I read books, and I went on forums, and I'm glad I'm not on those forums anymore, but, like, just nerded out about it because I, I think something that I'm glad I eventually learned is not the case, but when I was younger, I had this sense about yeah. things like uh, about maybe style or aesthetics or again about my my body, my physique that it was like, well, you have to have it, you either have it or you don't or like maybe this is something mm-hmm. you're born with, mm-hmm. you know. And of course to some extent right. with like genetics there is some truth to that, but I learned through experience that actually you can teach yourself how to you know how to affect these things of course you can learn style of course you can learn how exercise works and then develop Mm. your body in certain ways and you're never going to look exactly like someone else whether we're talking about style or you know physique you will never be an exact copy of someone else you're always going to be a version of you but you can um think your way through why does that person look a way that you like exactly what is the effect that that that's having on you like what what is it you like about that and then you can try to you know mm-hmm. develop your own kind of journey through that mm-hmm. so yeah i've taken that journey in in different um areas and it's been illuminating to do over the past you know several years yeah yeah i mean like like we say on on, on the podcast at twitch and even on the blog where Spencer and I like to say that we kind of cosplay some of our favorite menswear icons. But, you know, to us, it's, it's very clear we're cosplaying, but to other people might not look that way because we're only limited by what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we might not have that exact, you know, Liverano suit that Mark Cho is wearing. We don't have the Dal Cuore, um, uh jacket that, that uh, Ethan Newton is, that Ethan has. But then I'll, the I might jacket. have, like, he is a jacket. You are what you eat. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> assimilation Uh, but no like you know like i like i think like for me right like it's like i don't wear point collars but i wear spear points but i can also like because i work at ascot chang i can get like the same fabric that maybe mark cho or or justin chang has but it's doing it through my my own lens and it's and therefore it's my own style right it becomes something more about me even though i'm clearly lifting up what i'm inspired by yeah but yeah i mean like the, the 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 point that you you know the point that you're making I don't know if this is the point that you're making, but it illustrates it illustrates how important it is to have like just kind of like a basic vocabulary, and bef- before you before you get started like in buying you know and building a wardrobe, you really need to figure out what it is that you like. Yes, like a hundred percent. That's that's the biggest way to stop you from wasting money. I'm sure. I don't know exactly what episode would be the best, which uh, would be the closest to us talking about that. But I'm sure maybe we've done... we have it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we've done um, some like it. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I mean, yeah. So it's our, always our number one thing is like when someone asks, "Hey, how do I start dressing?" I'm like, get like an Imtra album and just mm-hmm. start putting stuff into it of what you like, and then study what it is. That's like okay. Look, look at how the shoulders are. Like clearly, an H and M jacket cannot achieve that particular uh, shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so, like, did you ever dress like MFA basic, or did you start like did you start amassing like a tailoring like you know Bryce Lynn's drapes that we all oh like, definitely kind of not. I mean, it took me a while to to get there i mean yeah i mean i think when i when i first started i was like let me just get some chinos and button downs because that was kind of a step for me you know i was mm-hmm. i yeah. was wearing hoodies and, and t-shirts before that and of course right. as soon as i started doing that people noticed and made comments and that felt a little bit weird mm. right and this is a thing i hear from people too especially people in tech they're like oh well but everyone around me dresses like this so i can't because people will be like oh what are you going to an interview or something and um i get that they do be like that. yeah i get that because i've been there but the thing is that 
people will stop within like a week of you dressing differently because no one's going to say that to you every day. Um, no. And although, yeah. I mean, some it's people so boring. Yeah, some people are very annoying, and I've had people <laughs> be like, "Oh, hello, professor!" Like every time, and you you guys oh, know God. that people will continue, and this. I'll get on a bigger rant about this later. People, some people yeah. have a certain association in their minds with, I don't know, a certain, like anytime they see someone in a sport coat, they'll be like, Oh, hello professor. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just because you <laughs> only, I don't know. It's very silly, but um, we've talked about how it's like the, if you ever wear like a Brown fedora, no matter what you're wearing it with, someone's going to be like, Hey, Indy, like yeah. someone's gonna call yeah. you Indiana Jones. Yeah. When was it? Like, I think I was wearing a brown fedora with a denim jacket, and someone was like, "Hey, nice look, Indiana Jones." I'm like, "When did he ever wear this thing, man? Like he never. Like I was like, I had like a bandana. It was like a workwear thing, if anything. But clearly, some things cannot be changed, nope. or at least without you know proper uh, brainwashing. I guess yeah. brainwashing, re-education. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, like, so where do you look at for inspiration? Like, when when did it start taking place for you with yeah. all, like, going Ivy and Taylor? Well, so first I just want to say I I've obviously agree that that is the best approach because I have seen, you know, as far as finding, exploring, and, and finding things that, right. that resonate with you because mm-hmm. I have seen other people in different places of the Internet, you know, obviously not uh, in, in your uh, community, which wouldn't give such bad advice, but I've seen people in other places say, "Oh, I want to get more into fashion. Like, what's popular right now?" And people will be like, "Well, uh, light wash jeans or um, Aloha shirts are popular right now." I'm like, "Oh, good. Yeah. I am going now to the mall to purchase one uh, light wash jeans, please." I mean, that like that happens at, like at J Crew. It's like sometimes yeah. people will just be like, "Hey, what do people?" It's like you go to a restaurant. It's like, "Hey, what's good here?" Like you just ask right. that. Like, come on, bro. The mall. Like, and, and that was always such a weird approach to me. And I get yeah. it, but I don't like obviously think that that makes a lot of sense. As if if you're that person and you're you're feeling very kind of new or you don't have much um, of a firm sensibility, which is where I was. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, how did I first start developing that? I mean, it took time, and I would not nearly say that I, like, am complete, uh, I, and it, which is exciting to me. I think I'm still always uh, finding new things that appeal to me, but mm-hmm. I guess it was, it went from Reddit, um, you know, seeing people, I look used to look a lot at the, uh, you know, what are you wearing today threads, and, and seeing stuff there, and just generally becoming more open-minded over time because I used to see a lot of stuff and I'd be like, I, I would never wear that. And now I see a lot of stuff that's like, I don't wear that now, but who, who's to say maybe I would? Or yeah, like, damn, that'd be cool. I got to look for something like that. Uh, and yeah. definitely, um, I mean, I have bought many things over the past few years that I have ended up selling either mm. because uh, my taste in how things should fit has changed or like I thought something fit me right and then realized that it didn't or I just used to want things to be like super kind of slim fit and then I'm like ooh, actually that's not great I like want something with drape you know learned that Mm. was a word (laughs) Um, or you know just appreciation for of course when you're first starting out you don't want to drop necessarily you don't want to invest or spend a lot of money on things so I'm like all right I'm gonna get I've never worn a sport coat before, so I'm going to buy this Uniqlo jacket that's cut like a sport coat for $70. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, actually, this is cool. I can, I'm capable of taking myself seriously wearing this, so let me get an actual one that's made out of wool or cotton or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, then finding different people on Instagram and learning of different ways to combine things. And I guess discovering... Uh, you know, lookbooks from places like Drake's um, was really uh, important to me just for the way that they kind of, I would say the biggest thing is the way they do that kind of high-low combination that I think you guys are into and and promulgate as well. Uh, Because I was one of those people who I think, like a lot of people, associate tailoring with business and Mm -hmm. formality and realizing that that is not necessarily the case, right? That that tailoring can be done in a playful way or combined with workwear or casual pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that is now something I'm really drawn to. Um, 
I, especially again, working in tech, I, I've never had a job that actually I have. It was terrible. Years ago, <laughs> I had a sales job and this is before I had, before the beginning of this story, right? Before I had developed any interest in fashion, I actually right. just donated this suit, but I had a job that required me to wear a suit and I had a, I was just like, okay, I will go to Joseph A. Bank and, and it's like one suit, please. And I bought this black, it was a black suit because I was like, oh, I guess that's what a business suit is. And yeah. it was so bad. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what I thought of of like a, a suit, right? It's for when you go to a funeral or a wedding. Um, I also just donated this suit that I wore to my best friend's wedding, which was only... My best friend's wedding. Yeah, there you go. Julia Roberts. Film reference. Um, yeah, so me and Julia had been hanging out a lot around that <laughs> time. No, but it's so funny. It fit me so poorly. But at the time, I remember I went to uh, Macy's yeah. and got the sales guy. I was like, I don't know. I need a, I need a Navy suit because I was a groomsman. Mm-hmm. And he helped me out. And I just put it on. It has been in my closet for like, I don't know. It's been th- four years. Uh and it looked so bad. It was like really baggy jacket and like full break uh, trousers, but slim. Mm. And it was like oh. a Ryan Seacrest line. Oh, no. Um, oh, I know the suits. <laughs> yeah, just not good. So I just donated that. But yeah, point being, that's what I thought, you know, a suit was for or tailoring was for. Didn't really have this concept that like it could be. Uh, and of course, you know, a lot of people think that way and, and will still kind of react to you that way. I've worn a very kind of fun, casual, um, soft-shouldered sport coat with denim and loafers and a kind of bold tie and still had people be like, why are you so dressed up or whatever? And it's like, this is like a very laid back outfit, um, but you're wearing a t-shirt and flip-flops, so I guess you think I'm dressed up. Yeah. As Die Worker always says, he's like, you know, <laughs> Why don't people notice I'm wearing uh, patch pockets? Come on, people. I'm yeah. down. One of the best tweets yeah. of all time. Um, no, yeah, I think on, on the Twitch, that's like it's a common theme because, you know, sometimes I bring in, you know, some of the grievances I get from... Well, I have, I have like, regular friends, too, right? I think that's one big thing in my lifestyle episode that I'm, like, I literally I have... have friends, like okay? my I have a mixture of, like, regular people I hang out with and, like, mentor people. Yeah. And uh-huh. so occasionally I'll get the whole, why are you so dressed up? And I'm, like, wearing, like jeans and loafers or something and i'm like really yeah. like this is it i really <laughs> still want to do a like a picture of like an h&m guy with like a blue slim fit suit with like tan mm-hmm. shoes and then like fucking like jake grantham like slouching and like with like a like you know his mm-hmm. necktie all skewed tucked in with like loafers i'll say and cut out their heads like you know just just have the bodies be like which yeah. one looks more formal and I, it is my hypothesis that people would pick <laughs> the h&m guy over over jake grantham right. just based on like the attitude but i could be wrong i haven't done it yet but one of these days yeah. i might just you know i just just do it and see how people perceive um tailoring and basically your friends are like why are you wearing that rabbit suit and you're like why are you wearing that man suit <laughs> you know that scene from donnie darko yeah, yeah. there you go so, scene. Darko. so speaking of you know how people react of, of how you how you dress you know yeah. now apart from apart from your job now what about from like your your cohort your your left cohort and your your uh, left audience I mean, as as we as we yeah as we said before this is not this is an environment this is these are virgin territories hmm. in terms of okay. uh, uh fit picks and, and, and classic menswear right so yeah uh, so for for a lot of these a lot of these people seeing like you post your fits every week it's a it's a pretty new thing for them it's true um yeah it's it's certainly interesting like i said i by virtue of doing this this podcast thing i've developed a much bigger uh twitter presence right so just to to put that in perspective i think i had like three thousand twitter followers uh a year ago when this started and i'm now have thirty three thousand. and don't know what that's like (laughs) um it's not always it's mostly fun for me but (laughs) sometimes it's it's a pain in the ass um but you know i i keep my um participation on there i think pretty lighthearted but mm-hmm. so i take uh outfit of the day photos um every weekday i don't do it generally on the weekends but 
I post I was posting those just on my Instagram stories and then I started doing this thing where every Friday I will make a Twitter post uh, with you can put four photos in a single mm-hmm. tweet so I would pick four of my outfits from the week and post them to Twitter and then quote tweet the previous week so I have this chain of quote tweets of my um, of my fits and yeah. I have you know the pretty big audience on Twitter much more so than Instagram which I don't really take you know, quote unquote, seriously, I actually went private uh, on Instagram. Uh, So yeah, I think it is, like I said, there's not a lot of people doing uh, menswear. I think I'm kind of blazing the trail there. Um, And also the fact that my audience, uh, such as it is, people are interested in the podcast. That's a lot of times why they follow me and like left politics. And so I do get a lot of people looking at this stuff who it's definitely not mostly a menswear crowd, right? Although it has mm-hmm. been fun to find people. I think people are really tickled if they <laughs> are like, oh, I do actually like menswear and your podcast. This is such a fun <laughs> intersection. Or people who are like, I do like synthesizers and the podcast yeah. because those are my niche interests and I really am open with them. But yes. Uh, yeah, you just got you just got a, a reply from Ilhan Omar talking about synths. Yeah, that was a real wild, <laughs> um, a real fun real fun day and it kind of blew everybody's mind i just i I don't even know it would take too long to like explain the joke but you can you can search for it and we'll have it in the show notes (laughs) yeah we'll include a screenshot there we go that's it but i guess i don't know talking about the the reactions to it it's mostly positive i mean and it's mostly fun and i have had people you know people reach out to me and say what what are the brands? How do I get into? I'm sure similar to the the responses you guys get, and I find that really cool and really yeah. gratifying. Or I've gotten DMs from guys saying like I'm 17 and I'm graduating high school soon, and I want to start dressing better. And I think that's really cool. And I I love yeah. getting messages mm-hmm. like that and trying to help people out. And I always say, listen to Ethan and Spencer. Um, that's you. where <laughs> that's where you're gonna learn. Yeah. But uh, it is also funny if we get into the airing of grievances. Obviously, I get some some weird reactions. And some hot I, takes, I think, too. <laughs> some hot takes. Well, I think there's certainly a phenomenon with anybody who gets to a certain level of visibility on the Internet. Right. Um, especially on Twitter, where people will try to kind of dunk on you uh, just because they can then... It's an attempt to get clout for yeah, them right. by, like, drafting on the back of, of you. Like, if I do a tweet... Uh, anybody does something that gets a lot of, uh, it's very visible, it's very popular, and most of the responses are saying, this is great, then that becomes very attractive for somebody to come in and be like, actually, this sucks ass, because then they are the one person who's saying that. And so there's a certain type of person who loves doing that. Um, And look, if you have a good dunk to make, uh, I forget, some people have, have done you know, good ones. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but most of them are really silly. And it, yeah, something it came to mind earlier. It's, these aren't even necessarily dunks, but it's very funny yeah. what you're talking about earlier, the way people respond. Cause I think certain people who obviously are not as immersed in style or fashion or menswear will have very strong and specific associations with a certain article of clothing or a certain mm-hmm. look and so, for example, last week I had a fit where I wore a rugby shirt over top of an Oxford shirt. <laughs> okay, yes. yeah. And so, to me, that is, like, not that weird or not that out there. Like I've done it, so it's like... Yeah. yeah it's been, people have been doing it for decades. Right. Like, it's obviously a thing that Drake's guys do, but they're just doing it in reference to, like... 80s Ralph kind of stuff like it's a preppy Mm -hmm. it's like a classic preppy look yep but what I heard from a bunch of different people was like oh Steve Bannon Steve (laughs) Bannon hey Steve Bannon which is so funny to me because yeah Steve Bannon uh famously layers collared shirts but um not a rugby I don't know yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't do it with. He doesn't do it with rugby. So he wears like three black like button downs. That's true. That's true. Like, uh, yeah. it's just so funny to me that that somebody would have such a strong association that they think that. I don't know. I just got multiple messages telling me that I'm. I look like Steve Bannon, and then somebody sent me an article 
um, it was like a BuzzFeed article about Steve Bannon's layered shirts look. And it was trying to say, like, why does he do this? And there were multiple different explanations suggested. And one of them in this list, which to me was obviously the correct answer, uh, was like, oh, he's trying to do like an 80s preppy look. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, clearly. Uh, but then there, the, the one was like, well, by layering multiple black shirts, it's a subtle reference to black on black crime. And um, what? yeah, I thought that was, I mean, points for creativity, but I thought that was incredibly dumb. Um, and the other thing too, this is actually the same fit. Every single fucking time I wear this shirt, uh, it's a navy and red striped rugby shirt. And people Classic. will be like, Chris, Ch- Chris Chan, Chris Chan, <laughs> which I do yeah. not know who Chris Chan is. Oh, do not message don't. me and explain to me. I do not care. <laughs> it's some kind of nerd ass uh, anime gamer shit. I don't know. But well, like, if you don't want to know, Spencer, I won't tell you what it is. Okay, yeah. but <laughs> I get the sense oh, enough. But clearly, I, I've seen the pictures. Right, some guy, right. Chris Chan, f- uh, like famously wore. Which not even exactly the same, but no, a, a, it's, it's, no. I don't even think you would you wouldn't call that one a rugby. That's just a striped polo, right? Uh, I don't know, but it's up. it's similar. Yeah. But again, it's so funny. It's I mean, basically, what I'm saying is, it says more about you than about me when you when you say that <laughs> kind of thing. Because it's like you you've only ever seen one guy wear a rugby shirt before, and you're gonna be ooh Christian Christian. It's like no, dude. A lot of people have worn rugby shirts in the world, so. I'm I'm going on a whole rant here, but it's it's very um, most curious and kind of funny uh, to get. Wait, so you were worried with a blue OCBD or something or, yes, or chambray. Yes. So the funny thing, so I looked it up, and so he is indeed wearing a rugby shirt, but the collar is like chambray. Oh, so it's like weird. it's like a double kind of a, like you know um, kind of thing there. I think there there is an old. I think it's Mark Twain. It's one of those quotes that's like fucking like attributed to anybody or everybody but Mm -hmm. uh uh it's something along the lines of it is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt yeah so think Uh, about that next time you reply (laughs) to one of my fit picks uh-huh what what are some other bad takes that you that you've gotten because you know again you know just just how i've seen you know uh like the left and suits you know there is that small might, might not be as you know as vocalized as i think it is but you know Suits are kind of like the, the well, uniform of the I, establishment, I think, right? They're, they're like I think what it comes to is a lot of the, a lot of like you know like left wing, like dirtbag left podcasts or whatever. Uh, the hosts like make fun of people's appearance, make fun of the clothes. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people on Twitter. It's like, oh, I'll just do that, but they don't. I mean, it's like they're just not like not that good funny. at it. <laughs> like, yeah. They're not that good at it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you have to know what you're talking about. You have to have some kind of knowledge. I mean, to do a good like fashion-based dunk, you have to know stuff about fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm just uh, trying to go on this podcast and tear into my haters. About your followers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, that's all... the whole podcast about talking down to people. We, we've we've uh, we've established <laughs> yeah. this. As I don't as just want to talk about my haters, every one of whom um, is a loser who should be cast into perdition but no i think to to get a little more um serious and and slightly philosophical about it i think Mm -hmm. and tie it into the left i think there is sometimes if you want to and maybe this is reading too much into it but there is a bit of an undercurrent of if i can kind of read into some of this 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 sentiment that like well aesthetics are kind of bourgeois uh, mm. And that's, I think, the implication sometimes. And look, if I'm trying to be charitable, I can I can get that, right? Because you either need an excess of time or an excess of money to really care, to, to get into this stuff, right? If you have no free time and no free money, you cannot yeah. care about fashion, right? I mean, but yeah. you also can't have any hobbies. So, I mean, that's essentially where I think that you that this is wrongheaded to um criticize fashion as being i mean i just completely fundamentally disagree like this is the the whole slogan that we often hear on the left is bread and roses and the point of that is it comes from this speech um where it was the worker needs bread but she needs roses too and the point is that uh, and and that resonates a lot with me it's what we need to be able to survive that's Mm -hmm. bread we need the basics of living but we need roses and that is 
uh, that's beauty, that's art, yeah. that's love, that's laughter and mirth. Um, and, of course, there's people on the left who are saying this, but I think you sometimes get this pushback, like, oh, you, you're wearing expensive shoes, you're not a socialist. And it's like, well, I think we should all be able to have nice shoes, so <laughs> that's why I'm a socialist. I don't think only I should be in some rarefied class where I can get nice shoes. I mean, I'm lucky that I have an income that uh, affords me those nice shoes. And then, of course, we can talk about, well, I, I think hopefully these shoes... Uh, are, are expensive because they're they're made uh, you know domestically where maybe the labor conditions are slightly better than uh, somewhere else and that's hard mm -hmm. to know but you know it's like shoes or, or whatever garment takes a lot of work to make well don't you think that somebody should be compensated for making that like if I'm trying to get the cheapest thing possible what does that yeah. say about um, paying the person right. who, who's yeah. Yeah, who's doing it? So there's a lot that we could get into there, but I do think that people on the left, um, for understandable reasons, but sometimes get into this reflexive attitude of being dismissive about uh, about things like fashion um, because, well, they've been excluded from it because, again, they, they don't have uh, the time or money right. to, to really get into it and of course you know we can talk about there are ways that with thrifting secondhand mm -hmm. or you know kind of more value conscious brands uh, and those are real issues but the the fundamental thing is that I do not think it is good um, philosophically politically to get to the idea that caring about aesthetics uh, shouldn't be a part of our project. I think it's super oh, yeah. important, and that's aesthetics yeah. in our political communication and in our personal presentation. Uh, I think all those things are are valid. You are valid. I see you. I hear you, <laughs> and you're valid. That's that's my message. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed the first part of our conversation with Young Chomsky. Don't forget to listen to the second part, which comes out in just two weeks. You can keep up with Young Chomsky on Twitter at Y-U-N-G-C-H-O-M-K-S-Y and listen to his podcast, Chuanon. You can also follow our podcast on Instagram at Style Direction, all spelled out. Me, uh, me <laughs> if you want to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at Ethan M. Wong and Spencer is at Spencer DSO. All of these links are in the show notes and the description of the episode, so don't worry if you are not writing this down as I'm saying it. Um, and don't forget to be a uh, patron of our Patreon to get access to our exclusive Discord community and our monthly bonus episode. And speaking of the Patreon, big ups to our Sadcast Fanatics, which are our highest tier that we offer. Uh, so we're saying a special thank you to Seth Peterson, Austin Malott, and Eric Hall. Your contributions really matter uh, a lot to us, and they mean a lot because we get to continue making this podcast. Um, big, uh, big thank you to our uh, producers, MJ and Matt. <laughs> Don't know why I gave that voice, but that's just kind of how it happened. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye!